0: So we're one game in, how exactly has your perception of Alabama, the SEC, and the national picture changed? Jimmy and I are going to tell you how ours has.
1: You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson
0: Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into the Lacto Luke Robinson. That's me, Jimmy Stein. That's him. Oh, my God. And this frog in my throat is named Henry. Um, but uh, this episode is brought to you by uh, FanDuel. Well, I'll talk about FanDuel in just a bit. But, uh, Jimmy, the one thing I, you know, and I've watched the game now a few times. I mean, I had a Sunday. Uh, so uh, Sunday with no NFL means that we're going to watch the Bama game several times until the LSU game comes on, which we will also discuss later. But I think the thing to try and decipher now is how exactly has your perception of Alabama's record changed now that we saw, especially Jalen Milrow. Now we can talk about, you know, did it change in a negative way, maybe because none of the running backs stood out. I mean, the more I dive into the running back performance and I guess sort of symbiotically the line performance at you could, you could make a case. Okay. That, that was less impressive, but I think, the, the fact that Milro was much better than we thought outweighs anything about the running backs. Cause we still feel good about the running backs. Right. Um, even though none of them, Milrow was the leading rusher at 48 yards and the next closest guy was like 38. I mean, it's kind of, kind of crazy. Uh, but I think my perception of Alabama has gone from, I think we lose two games uh, from game one to the SEC title game to now. I'm thinking we lose one game or maybe none. I mean, that's how much better I feel after game one. And that's total overreaction. You don't have to tell me I'm overreacting. I want to overreact. I'm enjoying it. Don't stop my happiness. You don't
1: overreact. I think the overreaction of week one is fun, and it's just kind of part of the calendar. I mean, there's a college football calendar, which includes Sunday and Monday after the first Saturday uh, overreacting. So feel free to do that. Uh, I I didn't think that necessarily Milrow did better than what I assumed. Uh, I'm I'm not surprised at all that he did well. Uh, I think that uh, I'm more confident in my projection as opposed to changing it. I mean, I felt very similarly to Luke. I mean, I had an 11-1 regular season and then losing in Atlanta uh, and not making the playoff. I mean, that was my projection. I'm not changing it based on this weekend, I would just say I'm more confident in that 11 and one, Uh, I I doubt very seriously with this schedule Alabama's playing that they can go 12 and 0. I think the schedule is just too difficult, three top 10 type teams at home. Uh, Texas A&M on the road, who was very impressive again against uh, some pretty bad competition, but uh, I I think Connor Wigman is is really changing what Texas A&M is. Uh, I think they're gonna be difficult. I think LSU, uh, People will overreact to to the fourth quarter, what was really a close game for a long, long time, turn into a rout at the end. Uh, I, it's not really changing my opinion about how, how dangerous LSU is and how good they are, particularly once they progress into the season. Uh, they didn't play well in the opener last year either and, uh, and beat Alabama. So I'm not really changing much myself. I would just say I'm more confident in my projection that Alabama would be a really good team uh, at, at 11 and one. And I think that's true. Uh, we'll know a whole lot more after this weekend, obviously uh, with uh, Texas uh, coming into town.
0: Yeah. And we're going to talk about Texas uh, for sure here in the second segment, but I guess, all right. Other than the obvious with Jalen Milroe, where he, I don't think there's any doubt, even the most ardent Jalen Milrow supporter through the summer, whoever that was, and everybody will now claim it was them. <laughs> you know, like every, <laughs> every Alabama fan be like, I never doubted him. Um, but what? so my question is, besides Milrose's performance, which was surprising in such a good way, what came out of this the game one that surprised you positively or negatively?
1: Um. I would say positively the defense. Uh, again, what I like most about the defense, and, and this will be different than a lot of folks, but what stood out to me about the defense is when there were wholesale substitutions on defense, when they took out a lot of the starters and put in a lot of the twos, substituted liberally late in the second half, there was no drop off defense played just as good. As a matter of fact, they might have even played better as the game went on and they played more players. I I think that's an outstanding sign for this team because developing depth is so important as you move later in the season. So I would say that's what stood out to me the most. Maybe a couple of individual defensive performances like Deontay Lawson I thought was exceptional. I thought Terry Arnold played extremely well at defensive back. Uh, Caleb Downs again. Not really a surprise that he was that good, but for a true freshman, that was just unbelievable for the opener. And uh, offensively, I was pleased, of course, mostly with Milrow. Middle Tennessee put the whole game on Milrow's arm. Basically, Middle Tennessee said, "Look, we're going to play everybody up. We're going to run blitz a lot. If y'all are going to beat us, you're going to beat us with Jalen Milrow throwing the ball." And then what did Jalen Milrow do? He beat the crap out of them throwing the ball. Uh, His numbers would have been even better. If you think about the fact that they kept running into the end zone, I mean, those three touchdowns would have been eighty-yard touchdowns if they were on the other side of the field. He, he, they, they were deep balls thrown perfectly well with wide receivers behind behind the defensive backs. I mean, so it's, the numbers were even better, or his performance was even better than the numbers suggest. I think that's obviously stands out. I'm concerned about the run game, but I still have a lot of confidence. If that makes sense. Uh, By that, I mean, this offensive line is really good, and I think they're going to be better run blockers than past pro guys as the season progresses. One thing I'd get used to, though, Luke pointed out about how, hey, all the running backs, none of them have big numbers. Uh, I think it's going to look like that all season long because I can see uh, Jace and Roy Dell and Jam and Justice all basically having equal amounts of touches which is going to keep all their numbers down. If they're all getting about eight carries a game or 10 carries a game at the most, it's hard to imagine any of them putting up really big numbers with that workload kind of divided between all of them.
0: Yeah. that And that's true. But well, I guess it's hard to imagine it now. Cause we hadn't seen it at all. I think that if one of them gets the hot hand, obviously I think that'll change. And um, I think you could see somebody come out of the pack you know, I'd, watching the game again and watching it again, uh, and, and again, I'm not going to pretend that I watched it all the way through. I kind of, you know, you skim a little bit, but I got the feeling that all the running backs were pressing a little, like they were all trying to let it come to you, and and um, the one running back that I thought did that was just Haynes yes. I think that, that that's going to make him the number one guy for next week or anything I just feel like he's the one guy that came in with the you know I'm just going to go out there and play my game and see how it goes I felt like Jace Roydale even uh, maybe not Roydale as much but Jam for sure that they were all I just got this sense of they're being very tense like I got to go out there and do my thing because I want to be the guy which is understandable. That's what, that's what you want in a competitor. But um, I think whoever lets it loose and releases that tension, the best is going to end up being the guy for the most part. I think that's, that's when you are comfortable. You're like, Hey, I'm just going to go out there and do my thing. And they're going to have a hard time stopping me Um, instead of, I need to go out here and make sure I hit this hole or make sure I get this block or make sure you know, I run the right wheel route or whatever. Um, Run the white wheel route. That was a great example. <laughs> more of it. Um, anyway, that's just, I mean, it's just so stupid. I like, I like Justice the best. I mean, if we're just going
1: to nitpick, I, I like Justice the best of the four running backs on that particular night and Roy Dell yeah. second, Jace third, and I'm putting Jam last just because he had the worst play of the running backs, and that was his failure to uh, get a linebacker blocked on a blitz and uh, gave up one of the two sacks heard on SEC this morning. It's no big deal. I'm just nitpicking, but. SEC, uh, the morning show with Peter Burns and Chris Doring, and they're like, yeah, that offensive line was better than I suspected, but they still gave up two sacks. Stuff like that's not fair. <laughs> one of those sacks was not the offensive yeah. line. That, one, that was the running back. Uh, so, really, the offensive line only gave up one sack, and even that was kind of, you know, maybe maybe on Milrow a little bit. But, nevertheless, I, I would put Jam last and, and, uh, and Jace uh, third and Roydale second, but I I think Justice Haynes was the most uh, – impressive of the backs where he certainly had he had at least one run that sort of made me come out of my seat a little bit where he he dipped his shoulder and juked a db and uh, got extra yards from this little shoulder dip that i thought was so natural i mean it's, it's amazing to me how those guys are born right the, those running backs the, the guys that are so natural playing the position they do all these little things that normal humans don't know to do but that shoulder dip is one of them and Haynes gave a. A, a defender a shoulder dip and, and scooted past him and I was like, well, that's, that's a kid born to do this.
0: He also had a Mark Ingram moment where he gave the same guy like three stiff arms and just kept pushing him back. I love that so much because it was almost like, oh, I'm only staying in bounds, not to get yards, but to push you further. I just want to push you. That's all I want to do. That's my goal.
1: He's gonna get a he's gonna get a lot of Ingram comparisons. He can't help it because of the yep. number, you know he's wearing Mark's number, size. But and the size, and and they're they're sort of by the way, when people get to know Justice Haynes' personality, they're sort of similar kids. I mean, have, now Mark is more uh, life of the party, loud. Uh, you know, he's he's not he's not a wallflower. Uh, Justice is going to be a little more quiet early in his time at Alabama, but they actually have pretty similar personalities and uh, excellent leaders.
0: Jimmy, now I want to tell everybody about athletic brewing. Now is time for your game changer of the week brought to you by athletic brewing company, much like, and we said it yesterday, Jalen Milrow, athletic brewing has changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. And I'm not kidding. These do taste good. They're delicious. Um, I, I, they sent us, uh, what about a six pack and, and I've down those suckers. I loved them. Uh, just absolutely delicious. And Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They're full of flavor. They're well-crafted, just like a full strength beer. Their brews are great tasting and award-winning and beat out full strength beers in global competitions. Again, they're all uh, non-alcoholic, but they are absolutely delicious. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. You're never going to have a hangover. You can find Athletic Brewing in-store online and at bars around the country. They're the fastest growing non-alcoholic brewery in the U.S. So get on board and start loving these things early. What's your favorite athletic brew? I mean, tell me in the comments. I would love to hear. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First time customers can use Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, so let's move on to Texas just for a minute. We're going to, you know, maybe throw a cursor at <laughs> Texas right now. And I did get to see a little bit of their game. You know, obviously, I'm not going to spend a lot of time watching Texas Rice um, while Auburn is playing and some other SEC teams are going on because, I mean, I'm going to concentrate on the SEC. But uh, Texas did beat Rice 37 to 10. It was a utterly surprising 16 to three and a half. Um, Quinn Ewers did throw for 260. In three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Malik Murphy came in. Uh, Archie Arch Manning did not come in. Uh, Jaden Blue, I remember him in recruiting. Jimmy, did we go after him at all?
1: Uh, name, I, if we did, he, he wasn't a significant, like almost committing Alabama guy. I okay. think we probably did. We, we definitely recruit from the same pool of kids, uh, Alabama and Texas.
0: Then, um, CJ Baxter, who I think was their top rated <laughs> recruit, uh, running back wise at least. Had 38 yards. Jaden Blue had 55. Uh, Keelan Robinson, we all know him. He had one carry for only three yards. Uh, Xavier Worthy, who lit us up a little bit last year, had seven receptions for 90 yards.
1: Yeah, he was uh, impressive.
0: I, I, watched quite a bit. I watched quite a bit of it. I, I, I saw a lot of – I say a lot. I
1: saw – yeah, I did see a lot. You know, they had a problem protecting Quinn Ewers. That That was the take for me watching them is – it it was surprising how uh how rice got to quinn Ewers. uh they hit him a lot uh quinn even limped off the field at one point or at least looked kind of dinged uh because he got hit so much it wasn't just the sack total it was he was getting hit a lot uh he also got got hit a couple of times on scrambles got took some big shots uh texas looked pretty dominant defensively now again it's rice I would say Rice and Middle Tennessee, roughly the same. I know there was some conversation on the Texas boards about who played the tougher opponent between Rice, <laughs> between Alabama and Texas, who played the tougher opponent. Uh, I didn't really necessarily weigh in. I would just say they're probably about the same, frankly, and that's why they argued about it so much over there, But because they're really about the same. But I think in the end, Texas won uh, and had individuals that were impressive. I'm telling you guys, for those that aren't too familiar with Texas – on what played him last year that linebacker Jalen Ford is one heck of a player he, he's he's for real good they're also pretty good up front they got some NFL looking bodies on that defensive line defensive backs pretty athletic uh they're not a, a, a what I would call a vintage SEC defense this isn't in my mind Luke a national top 10 elite defense they would be sort of that next tier of uh you know, a lot of good athletes. They're, they're, they're going to come to play. Offensively, Quinn Ewers uh, is impressive. He's sort You know, he reminds me of more and more, and I mean it as a compliment. Some people won't take it that way, but he reminds me of Spencer Rattler. And I, I mean by that by saying when Ewers is good and he really – he makes some throws where you convince yourself this is a first-round – this isn't just an NFL player. This is a first-round pick. But then he'll play stretches where you're like, "Is he even play pro football at all?" And I think Spencer's a lot like that. And uh, and even you know, with no one's gonna notice because North Carolina won the game so easily. Rattler was thirty of thirty nine for three hundred (laughs) and sixty yards against North Carolina. Uh, Ewers is that way. I mean, he's a good player. Don't don't think for one second he can't beat us. But there's also no guarantee that he's going to show up and look like a first-round pick for 60 minutes.
0: Yeah, and um, I don't think we're going to sack Ewers 12 times either. I think that's what North Carolina ended up sacking. I mean, I'd say 12. It could have been 15. It could have been 10. But it, was, it felt like 12 at least. There, yeah, I
1: bet NFL GMs were really impressed by Rattler that he could get hit that much, sack so much, and still
0: have that kind of night that he had uh that's impressive stuff to, to the next level. And two of – well, let's get into that in just a second because we want to talk about the SEC then. But, um, yeah, I really hope we can get to youers again. Look, everybody sort of made a joke into this, you know, Alabama hurting Texas QBs kind of thing. But um, I think we can play that into our advantage. Maybe that will make him a little more timid. Um, I think we've got to make it the fiercest uh, environment he's played in. And, and I don't think I think it will be I really do now you know obviously you played against us last year but that was at home 11 o'clock uh, this is going to be six o'clock at night Bryant Denny the weather should be pretty good and everybody needs to be geeked up um, i'm I'm already excited about it I think the world's excited about it obviously you and I knew that game day was going to be there the whole time and they've made it official and that's fantastic so it should be a big thing
1: and and, and you make a great point.
0: You know, the Big 12 is not like the Big 12, some
1: group of five leagues. It's not. And and there's a lot of good programs. But I would say this. His game against Oklahoma each year, the Red River Shootout, is a neutral site 50-50 game. That's still a great environment, one of the coolest things in sports. But it's not a road game. Who has Quinn Ewers gone on the road against Iowa State, Baylor, Texas Tech, even Kansas State? Some of these are good teams. But it's not like playing on the road in an SEC environment with a hundred thousand fans. The the noise, the just the environment and the atmosphere, it will be new for Texas and new for Quinn Ewers, and definitely to Alabama's advantage. I think they might be a little Alice in Wonderland over what it's like. We take it for granted because we're there in that stadium all the time. But again, it's and I'm not I'm not dissing the the Baylor's and Texas Tech's at all. I'm just saying. It's not a hundred thousand seat SEC stadium at night uh, in a top 10 matchup. The atmosphere will be crazy. Alabama is used to it. Alabama's swum in the ocean full of sharks. Uh, it, it will be a new environment for them. And, and hey, Alabama hasn't played well on the road for two years. I'm Alabama struggled in it. Alabama's six and three in their last nine road games against power five opponents, six and three, and only one of those wins. Was an easy win. The other games were decided in the fourth quarter. So Alabama's had its road struggles, too. Uh, I think I think Alabama fans can play a big role in the game Saturday
0: night if they choose to. Jimmy, now I need to tell everybody about FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. That's guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. That's coming up this week. You want to do that? Get on it. NFL Sunday ticket is with YouTube and YouTube TV now, by the way. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything from spreads to player props to more. Whatever you want to take, they'll let you do it at fanduel.com. So visit fanduel.com/slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss FanDuel Official partner of the NFL. All right, Jimmy, let's take a look around the SEC and, and nationally just for a second. Um, again, I like to keep it much of this relevant, relevant to Bama as I can, but you know, the national uh, scene is very relevant to Bama as well as the SEC, because we're always in the middle of it. So a- SEC wise, um, no real need to go into all the blowouts. I mean, yes, I've heard a lot of things about how uh, Texas A&M looked better. Auburn looked better. Ole Miss, you know, put up 73 against Mercer, even though Pete Golding, I think gave up 75 yard brush on the first play of the game or something like that. That's kind of funny. Um Mississippi State was okay. They ended up blowing out their opponent, even though it took a little longer than you thought. Same thing with Kentucky. Um, But I think the national narrative on the SEC is going to be, you know, you've come back to earth a little bit because – now Tennessee also, by the way, blew out an ACC team. But, you know, South Kakalaki had a shot at North Carolina, and they kind of blew it. I mean, they really – I felt like South Carolina was playing better than them, except for the offensive line play. That, and now that's a big that's a big part of it. But I thought South Carolina played better. They we were talking about Spencer Radler, and I said we'll come back to that. Two balls that he threw, he was 30 of 39, and he should have been at least 32 of 39. He had one ball that was thrown for a first down very early in the game, like first drive that would have would have been, you know, kept the drive alive. And then he had a fourth down play. They hits the running back just perfectly on a little uh, quick out, and the running back just, I mean, drops it. It wasn't even, like, contested, and he just drops it. And um, if South Carolina makes those plays, maybe things are different, but I guess that's why they're South Carolina, right? Um, <laughs> when Florida losing to Utah, that we've sort of beat that to death. Uh, Florida is just not good. I don't know what else to say. They had, a, they had a lot of promise and excitement coming into this season. I know the Locked On host did and um he's very disappointed and then last night lsu lsu as you mentioned earlier in this show lsu played well for probably two and a half three quarters and then the wheels sort of came off and when they came off they came off spectacularly which is exactly how you would expect the wheels to come off of something at lsu i mean they don't know how to do anything but with a lot of purple and gold flare and uh so albeit but um you know, South Florida state is a team that I I believe I picked them in the, I don't even know who I picked them in the college football playoff anymore. I kind of forget, but uh, I believe I picked them. I I think they've got a really good shot now that they've gotten by this LSU team. Um, They, I think they can beat Clemson. I'm anxious to see what Clemson looks like today. Um, But overall I I looked around the country and there were times last year when I looked around the country, I go, boy, we'd have a hard time with Georgia. Now my, my inner bammer, would say last year, you know, it's Nick Saban, you know, let the rough end direct. That is true. But, and I knew in my heart, like non-biased fan was going, Hey, you guys would have a hard time with Georgia. Okay. I, I believe that this year. I feel like I'm. I, it's one game and I'm overreacting. I didn't feel, I don't feel like I look around and go, there's nobody we can't play with. We, we are, we are, we're toe to toe with anybody, which is, Different than I felt coming into this year. Not that I felt like we had no chance against anybody, but I felt like there would be teams that are clearly better than us. And I don't think that way anymore. I feel so much better after Game One, and it's probably irrational, but hey, let me be that way.
1: We'll know a lot more on both of these subjects. We'll know a lot more about Alabama this weekend than we than we know from you know matching up with Middle Tennessee. Texas is going to test Alabama, special teams, offense, defense. It'll be a sixty minute test against a, a team. That I don't know if I, if I want to say Texas is going to finish in the top 10 and say that emphatically. But what I will say emphatically is I think they have top 10 talent. They have the ta- a talented team enough to where finishing in the top 10 is highly realistic based on their dudes. They just have plenty of dudes. I think not only will you know a lot about Alabama this weekend, you'll know a lot about the SEC. The SEC did not get off to a good start. It, it was, you know, being non-competitive at Utah to to a certain extent. Uh, South Carolina's offensive line being so bad, and 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 not giving their team a chance against North Carolina, and of course in the marquee game of the weekend, LSU gets blown out. It was, it was really a blowout one quarter. Uh, the fourth quarter, the first three quarters, that that game was tight. Don't let the uh, revisionism of the fourth quarter change that. But the fourth quarter was a complete disaster for LSU. They looked terrible, uh, and, and 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 it just didn't make the SEC look good, particularly on a weekend. It's hilarious that the Pac-12 in its final year of existence went 13-0. The first conference to ever do that, by the way. The first conference to ever start 13-0. Uh, hilarious that it's the Pac-12 that's dying that uh, that pulled that off. But how about this game that, that no one will talk about, but Arizona versus Mississippi State? There's a good Pac-12 SEC matchup of pretty evenly matched teams. Uh, that Texas A&M-Miami. I mean, as good as A&M looked, you'll find out a whole lot more – at Miami this weekend, Auburn Cal SEC PAC 12. Again, not what I would say evenly matched teams, but I don't know. I would say Auburn ninth, 10th best team in the SEC, Cal ninth, 10th best team in the, in the PAC 12. So evenly matched game there. Uh, but Washington state versus Wisconsin, not a, not a, uh, an SEC game, but another interesting, then we'll find it. So we'll find out a lot more about the PAC 12. We'll find out more about the sec this weekend, but it was not a good start. And for people like, I don't care. I want all the sec teams to lose. I I live in an RPI world for lack of a better, uh, for lack of a better uh, way to, to explain that. And we're about to go to 12 teams. We're at four teams. Now, I care about Alabama more than I care about hating on the other teams. I, It benefits Alabama if the SEC's RPI, and i I put that in air quotes, if the SEC's RPI is good,
0: that benefits Alabama, and that's what I care about. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, there's no doubt. Every now and again when I do feel like I've got to hate more on other teams, you got to remember you got to have your love for your school more than you hate the others, and that's that's always – that will help keep you grounded. Um, I'll tell you another game that's going to be fun this weekend, and – This is the only drawback to going to Alabama-Texas is that I'm going to miss some of these games because we're going with a bunch of people, is apparently I'm not going to get to see Ole Miss and Tulane. That's going to be a fun game. And that I think that will help determine. And listen, all of a sudden, I know Ole Miss scored 73 against Mercer. Uh, Whatever. Okay, so then they have Tulane. Then they have Georgia Tech. Now, Georgia Tech, they lost, I know, game one. But looked Okay. And Haynes King looked okay for a while. Now, he ended up having a sack and whatever, that fumble sack, whatever. But – and then – so, Ole Miss goes Tulane, who's ranked, Georgia Tech, who looked improved, and then us. Whereas we go – you know, we go Texas. That's harder than anything – than uh, Ole Miss is playing. But then we go to South Florida, who they got beat by some nobody this weekend. Western Kentucky. Yeah, they got got beat. I mean, they're, they're not good. So this worked out great for us. We go on the road. as a recruiting trip. We get the the credit for a road game and the benevolence of, you know, Super 5 best brand in college football going to help out the little guy. And then we get to come home and play Ole Miss. So I think we, we can work out some kinks. I'm not trying to look past Texas. I am trying to look past South Florida. I'll tell you that in advance. Um, but uh, – I'm looking forward to all this. This is going to be a great weekend. It's going to be a great night. I'm sort of looking forward to Clemson Dukes, only a 13-point uh, spread. I, I'm a, You know, I know you're a Riley Leonard fan. You know I'm a Riley Leonard fan. And I was sort of hoping secretly that Alabama would try and get him in the transfer portal if he would have ever gone, but he didn't. So kudos to him for staying there because I think that makes this game more fun. So I'm looking forward to that. But other than that, Jimmy, we'll be back tomorrow with more Alabama goodness. Until then, please subscribe, and uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Roll Tide, everybody. Roll Tide.